Our family of listeners is growing every week. Thanks for listening live and through all our digital broadcasting channels. Spread the word to your friends to join our weekly conversation. It's time to think about the Bible like you never have before. This is Christian Questions, our website, ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Somebody once said, a diamond is just a piece of charcoal that handled stress exceptionally well. Good evening, I'm Rick, and this is not your typical Christian commentary as we look at Bible-related topics from a different perspective. And I'm Jonathan, and that different perspective has its basis in three things. Godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, always done in a politically free zone. Folks, thanks for joining us tonight. This is a call-in format, and we are caller-friendly. So, Jonathan, let's get started. What's going on? What's happening? How you feeling? And how is the world twirling around you? (laughs) Rick, we have quite a question for tonight. Okay. And here it is. Here it is. I'm ready. Why are we so stressed? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And our theme text is found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All right. So it's all about stress tonight. Stress. (laughs) Stress is all around us, and unfortunately, it's within us. We know stress is not good for us. Now, physically... It wreaks havoc with our bodies. Mentally, it causes us to make poor, rash decisions and not work up to our full capacity. It causes us to lash out at those around us and it causes damage to relationships we once cherished. Having the peace of God does not mean all is quiet in our lives. It means that even though everything is falling down around us, we are still able to hold on to our anchor in the storm and remain balanced and content. Amen to that, brother. How do you get there? Easier said than done. You got that right. What are some practical ways we can accomplish this so we can have a strong, steady walk with the Lord instead of being distracted and always giving our second best? Folks, stay with us this evening as we explore true peace to combat all of the anxiety that this world has to offer. So again, Jonathan, the question is... Why are we so stressed? And that is going to be exactly what we're talking about this evening, looking at it from a very practical standpoint. And, and you say, okay, well, why are we talking about stress? And the answer to that is because Julie said so. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah, Julie is with us tonight. Julie is our own Julie, our Christian Questions Rewind, Rewinder-in-Chief Julie. Uh, good evening, Julie. Hi, good Hi. evening, everyone. How you doing? Good, good. Not stressed at all. Yeah, sure. <laughs> if you could see your face. <laughs> so, so Julie, I said, you know, you said that we we're going to talk about stress. You actually made that as a suggestion. Tell, tell us a little bit about what, what got that going in your own mind. Well, thank you for doing this program. I, I think that this really affects literally every human being and every culture across every time period. We're, we're all prone to stress. And here in the United States, we're in a very unique time in 2016. We look to our immediate past, and we just finished a very stressful presidential election. (laughs) And we look to our future, and we see the holidays coming up, which traditionally are the most stressful time for people. And I feel if if we're stressed, we're not giving our best to the Lord. So now's a really good time, I thought, to lay out some scriptural principles that can help us keep it all together. 
All right, so you heard it here first. We want to keep it all together when everybody else is letting it fall apart. Right. And Good idea, Julie. It right. is It is a great idea, and, it, and it's something that, that we want to develop very, very clearly. And we've got some uh, very personal stories to tell you, to share with you this evening about stress. Uh, Julie's going to be doing that with uh, some of her own life. And uh, but just just to put, lay some groundwork, Jonathan, let, let's start with some scriptural groundwork. OK, and we mentioned this in the opening comments, but just because we are in Christ does not mean that everything is always well. On the contrary, being in Christ promises that we will be under trial, under stress, under hurt, and not just from those sources that are outside of the true church, but also our stress and our difficulty can also come from wonderful and well-meaning sources within. It's interesting to me that some of the greatest stresses written in the New Testament come from within the true church. That's sobering. It is. And you say, well, how could that possibly be? Isn't everybody supposed to be on the same page? And yes, you know, praise the Lord, we're working together. And the answer is, yes, we are. But the answer is also, but we're still human. Let's, Jonathan, as, as, as a background for this whole story this evening, let's go to Acts chapter 15, uh, verses 1 to 5. And as you read through this, you know what's going to happen, right? You're going to interrupt. Yeah, of course I am. <laughs> Life wouldn't be normal if I didn't interrupt you. <laughs> that stresses me out, yeah. <laughs> <there>, really. <laughs> yeah, but haven't you learned to live with it after all of this time? <laughs> all right, here you, we go. You notice he didn't say he learned to live with it, okay, folks? Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Some men came from Judea and began teaching the brethren. Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. All right. So right there, we have a stressor within the true Christian church way back in the beginning. Okay, this is 30 some odd years after Jesus was on the scene. And, and some Christians were announcing that unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, uh, you can't have any part of Christianity. That's quite a judgment, Rick. It is, and it, it, it was a wrong conclusion. And let, let's lay that out right from the start. It was not correct. It was wrong. Although, there was legitimacy to the argument. Now, I mean, how can you say that it's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> and he's right, and then he's right. And, 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 and I want to just... both be right? Well, and, and let's take a minute on that, because that's important. There's legitimacy, because we often say that... And scripturally speaking, that Jesus nailed the law to the cross. Right. And we're not bound by the, by the law. Now, the moral law always is, is the moral law. But, you know, the law, you say, you know, we're not bound, bound by the rituals of the law. Circumcision was a ritual of the law. But the thing about circumcision is it was there before the law. It started back with Abraham. So you could argue, legitimately argue that, well... Jesus may have nailed the law to the cross, but this was there before that, and this was the symbol of being separated from the world, so therefore, it has to remain. Now again, the conclusion was incorrect, but you can see the legitimacy of the reasoning. Okay, That's an important point to make as we begin to open this thing up. So in Acts chapter 15, there's a, there's a problem. What happens? And when Paul and Barnabas had great dissension, Okay, distension. You know, it was a stand, like a standoff, strife. Even the word even means insurrection. So you've got a, you've got people at odds with each other. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Dissension and debate with them. The brethren determined that Paul and Barnabas and some of the others should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles 
and the elders concerning this issue. So this was such a destructive problem that the other apostles were sought after for their wisdom. So one of the things we realize right off the bat is, okay, there's an issue, and rather than yelling back, what they did is they decided, okay, this is something that needs to be talked about on a larger scale. Let's go do that. Let's continue. Therefore, being sent on their way by the church, they were passed through uh, both Phonashe and Samaria, describing in detail the conversation of the Gentiles, and were bringing great joy to all the brethren. And when they arrived in Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done for them. All right, now this is interesting because they're carrying this really huge problem along with them. And it says, as they're going through Phoenicia and Samaria and all these different places, they're bringing great joy. Now they could have been saying when they stopped at all these places, ah, you're not going to believe the problem we have to deal with. There's these people that are trying to bring Old Testament things into the New Testament and you can't do it. They didn't do that. What they did is they carried the problem privately and quietly, and they shared the joy of the Lord with all of these other people along the way. So you can see that, that um, Paul and Barnabas had the right spirit in carrying this explosiveness along, but not spreading it out to others. There's, there's great wisdom in that. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who had believed stood up saying, it is necessary to circumcise them and to direct them to observe the law of Moses. Now, this is interesting because it says some uh, in Jerusalem now, the, the argument is brought up, and it says some of the sect of the Pharisees. And when you say Pharisees, what do you think of? The people that oppose Jesus. That's right. So we, they, it would have been really easy to think, oh, not those Pharisee guys again. I mean, I thought Jesus put them in their place and they were done with them, but here they are cropping up. Now they're in Christianity and they're trying to manipulate and turn things over and turn things around. And it would have been easy to go down that road of judgment, but they didn't do that. If you read through the rest of Acts chapter 15, you see how there was a great conversation, a heated discussion, and a resolution which was a compromise. And it's interesting that there was a compromise made um, in this situation, even though that, uh, that approach was not correct. It was respected because that's where they had come from. And that's a huge principle for Christianity because this could have been a major roadblock to Christianity. So what we can see from this brief look at Acts chapter 15, Jonathan, is a sense of coming together for the greater good and hearing each other out. That's what happened in Acts 15, and that really helped to diminish some of the stress. Communication yeah. obviously worked well here. It did, and it only worked well because they made it work well. All right, let, let's pause here. Now that we've got a little bit of background of stress in the church, and you know, look, it can come from good places and bad places. Uh, Julie, um, you have a very particular story that, that I was sort of prodding you to tell for this program. Uh, so just let's get started. Let's sort of introduce the idea and a little bit about your, the, the personal background of this particular story. Just, just the introduction right now. Well, you know, some of the things that when we were thinking about what is going to be important to help people on a CQ program about stress, you know, we know that there's many health problems that can be caused by or exacerbated by stress. And these include things like depression, anxiety, skin conditions, reproductive issues, heart disease, digestive problems, sleep disorders, and autoimmune disor disorders. So I wanted to talk a little bit about autoimmune diseases 
um, because they're on the rise. And just a couple quick facts. They affect some 50 million Americans. Wait, wait. Autoimmune diseases? 50? Autoimmune diseases. Okay. <clears throat> that, that surprises me. That's a big, big number. 50 million Americans. And that's not, you know, the worldwide number, obviously, is much more. And so what an autoimmune disease is, is it develops when your immune system that's meant to defend your body against disease. Right. It decides your healthy cells are foreign and your immune system attacks those healthy cells. So your immune system can't decide what's self and what's not self. So it starts eating away at what's good instead of protecting you from what's bad. It, this, it attacks the body tissue, um, and, and which tissue it, it's going to attack depends on the disease. And there's 80 different types of autoimmune diseases, and you can have more than one at a time. And we know these names by things like lupus and chronic fatigue and Crohn's, juvenile diabetes, multiple sclerosis. It goes on and on. Um, and there's a lot of factors that contribute to these. They're thought to be genetic or environmental, or hormonal, but the onset of at least 50% of autoimmune disorders have been attributed to unknown trigger factors. All right, wait, so, so, so wait, you say an unknown trigger factor. <laughs> so you're saying half of them come from nobody knows where. Right. Okay. And they believe, scientists believe, that physical and psychological stress um, is is implicated in the cause of environmental disease. So as a contributor to those types of diseases? They, they don't know. Okay. Either, either, it, either it exacerbates or it can actually cause that particular disease. So something that I found was really interesting in the um, reports was up to 80% of patients reported an uncommon emotional stress before the onset of that disease. Oh, now that's interesting. So... Folks, what we're doing here this evening is we're getting very, very practical with the idea of stress. Many of you listening probably have some experience, not only personally, but you probably know somebody, if you don't have it personally, who has an autoimmune disease, and there's lots and lots and lots of different kinds. And, and those are just one factor in the overall stress issue. Now, now Julie, without going into detail, I'm just, just this is pretty much a yes or no question. You're focusing on autoimmune diseases at this point you have personal experience with them. Yes, unfortunately. Okay. And we're going to hear more about your story as we go through the program. So, uh, and, and you know what, folks? And that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to say, hey, here's something that I am personally, internally struggling with. But the best way to understand, to get your arms around, and to conquer stress is to perhaps see it the, the process unfold in others. See it unfold scripturally by principle. See other people working through it and say, oh, I get it. I can do that. And that's part of what we want to do tonight. Now, Jonathan, normally we would uh, take calls, but we have a little stressful situation happening tonight. We do. And it happens to be with your wife, the stress. Yes, it does. She uh, tonight is in a... Uh, an, um, an, an intensive care facility. Um, she had some uh, pretty severe pain that needed to be dealt with. And so about 7 o'clock this evening, uh, I had her uh, taken over there. Now, you know, I, I'm you know, like, why am I here? Well, we've got this to do with my daughter, who is a uh, nurse practitioner, is with her. So I'm pretty confident that my daughter can handle it. For sure. <laughs> uh, but, you know, she's our call screener, and the calls are set up to come through this facility here. So, folks, if you want to contribute, if you have a comment... 
use the uh, your your CQ app, your Christian Questions app on your phone. You can send us a message. We will be able to process that message and and repeat it back. Or you can email us. And Jonathan, what's the email address here? Um, the email address is ChristianQuestions.com. And just is it, it's, it's urgent Rick, care, Rick. not intensive care. We just Ur- wanted urgent, to clarify. Okay, that. urgent care. Yeah, sorry about that. It's Rick at ChristianQuestions.com. Oh, thank you. Right. Okay. Yes, you're correct there. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you know, <laughs> too much stress for tonight. Okay. So, so Ju- Julie laid out the practicality that stress is sucking the life out of us. That's pretty much what she said to try to sum it up in just a couple of words. So, the first step, the very first step in dealing with stress is to be aware, is to acknowledge the pain of the stress, to be able to look at it and say, "Wow, I'm under stress." Because if we can do that, we can begin the process of healing. So to find stress management answers, what we want to do is look uh, into another stressful early church situation. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 4 for this, and we're going to work this through the first half of the program. So Jonathan, Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I urge Euodia, and I urge Syntyche to keep in harmony in the Lord. It's stressful enough to try to say their names. <laughs> <laughs> but what we have is a classic example of two individuals. These were two women in this particular church in Philippi who were at odds with each other, who couldn't come to agreement. We don't know what it was about, but it was big enough and important enough for the Apostle Paul in a letter to the entire church to call them out by name and to urge them to come to a point of being able to agree. So the Apostle Paul is drawing attention. You say, wow, he's embarrassing them. What he's doing is he's dealing with a really difficult situation that obviously was taking the church out of its, out of its pattern of growth and spiritual development and causing it to go down another road. So the Apostle was aware of the situation, and he wanted those in Philippi to look it in the eye. He wanted them to be able to see it, to acknowledge it, and to say, yeah, we've got an issue here, and because we've got this issue, there's something that needs to be done. So being aware of stress is the first major step to being able to conquer it. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick and Julie. Tonight's episode is, Why Are We So Stressed? Coming up. So now that we're starting at the pain of our stress, what do we do next? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. Tonight's episode is, Why Are We So Stressed? We're live Monday evening from 8 to 10 Eastern, and that means we're on right now. Join our conversation by emailing us at rick at christianquestions.com or message us through your app. We do not, we are not taking calls tonight because of our call screener, and... uh, Take over. Okay. So, yeah, we, she's, uh, she's actually uh, um, not here. She's got some pain that needs to be managed. So we're working on that. 
Um, so, Jonathan, t- to get this segment started, we-, we mentioned, okay, the first step in managing stress is you've got to be aware of it. And, and you know, you say that, you say, well, of course everybody's aware that they're stressed. And, you know, I would submit that most people are not looking at their stresses and saying, wow, this is bad. They're looking at their stresses and they're gritting their teeth and they're trying to ignore it or they're trying to plow through it, but they're not stopping to understand it. And that's part of what we mean by be aware of it. It's not just say, okay, I'm stressed, now what? It's, wow, look at what I'm stressed about. Look at how big it is. Look at how it's dominating my existence at this moment. We want to start each each segment with, with, a, with a quote, Jonathan. So let's go to a quote from Peter Marshall. This is great. When we long for life without difficulties, remind us that oaks grow strong in contrary winds and diamonds are made under pressure. That's the way strength actually happens. It's because of pressure. Julie, you wanted to say something? Yeah. You know, one of the things in recognizing stress and being aware of it, stress is cumulative. Yeah. And in the bonus material of this week's week's Rewind, we're going to go ahead and put a list of common warning signs and symptoms of chronic stress. And the more you notice in yourself, the closer you might be to stress overload. And I just wanted to make a quick uh, quote to an article I read recently. It said this, many of us are so used to being overloaded with stress that we don't even notice it anymore. Right. Feeling stress feels normal, but awareness of what you're feeling physically and emotionally can have a profound effect on both your stress tolerance and how you go about reducing stress. Having the emotional awareness to recognize when you're stressed and then being able to calm and soothe yourself can increase your tolerance to stress and help you bounce back from adversity. All right. Now that sounds great. But I can tell you from personal experience, it can feel impossible. So we've got to get to a point of understanding that and how it works. So, so Julie, let's get back to your personal story. We were talking about a lot of things that, that contributed to stress. We talked about uh, autoimmune disorders, and you had mentioned that you have, you have had challenges with uh, one such autoimmune disorder. So let's get a little bit more into, the, into describing your own situation. Well, this is a quick overview. You know, stress-triggered hormones can lead to a disruption in the immune system. And my autoimmune issue is called alopecia areata, which is hair loss, generally characterized by these round, bald patches on your scalp. Um, For men, usually it's um, big gaps in their facial hair. So my body doesn't recognize my hair as being my own. So it seeks to destroy it. Like someone who has a kidney transplant, if they don't take anti-rejection drugs, the body will go ahead and the immune system recognizes it as foreign and just kills it. So so, so, so your body is, is attacking your own hair the way somebody's body would attack a foreign kidney put in their, in their body to save their life. Exactly. Okay. It, it, it's as if my hair follicles are standing up going, ah, we're over here. Yeah, and yeah. then the immune system goes, get them. <laughs> and, it, and it wipes it out. Literally, that's what's that's the process that's happening inside my body. All right. And, and that do you have statistics on that by any chance? Like how many people deal with that? Six million in the United States. That's a lot. So yeah. out of the 50 million with with autoimmune disorders, six million. So that's 12 percent, actually have that particular autoimmune disorder. And that's something that I would not have been familiar with had I not known you, to tell you the truth. So yeah, great. Glad yeah. I could help. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, and actually that brings us to step two of the whole issue here. Step two of the, uh, of the process. You know, first we accept the, the fact that we have the, the stress. The second step is to accept assistance. Appreciate and engage in the process. 
And again, let's go back to Philippians chapter 4. Remember that these two women in the Philippian church who are at odds with one another, and the apostle in this letter to the Philippians addresses it right out front, and in verse 3, he continues to address it. Jonathan, let's go to three and uh, Philippians 4, verse 3. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement, also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. So notice how the stressful situation, again, Paul called them out by name. So this had to be a big deal. This stressful situation is not overwhelming the apostles' viewpoint of those involved. He writes that all of their names are in the book of life. He says, you know, in the face of the dissension, he's writing this. So he's looking at what's happening, and it's not a good thing. But is he focusing on that, saying, look, these women are really messing up the church in Philippi, and you better straighten it out or else. And he's saying, look, there's an issue. They are my co-laborers in Christ. Take care of them for me. I need them. So there's this sense of, okay, there's a problem, but we want the love of Christ to overwhelm and overcome this problem. And Rick, I, I appreciate the value that he is, he's bringing out of these individuals. Right. And I loved how he said, and they shared my struggle. Right. They're struggling now, but they shared my struggle. So he, he's entering in exactly. with them right. so, and helping them to get, get over it. So he can't be there to help? So the individual carrying the letter, he is sending to help. He's saying, I can't help. You've helped me. This is the best way I can help you. So you're right. It's a beautiful experience of deep fellowship here, being able to see and approach the issue and still see all of those involved and those who are at odds in the most positive way possible. So step two, accept assistance, appreciate and engage in the process that brings us to dealing with our stresses. And one of the ways to accept assistance is to always, always, always go to the primary source of our, our faith and example, and that's Jesus Christ. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, these are verses that I think every Christian knows and has repeated to themselves a thousand times. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is such a calm in the way Jesus invites us to him. And that brings us to a very important key to accepting assistance. Jonathan, what is that? Well, Rick, it's look up to Jesus. Reach up and hand over your burden as you fess up about your brokenness. So it's look up, reach up, and fess up. All right. And and those three things, that's what Jesus is telling us to do. Bring it to me. You know, you know, the, 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 the slang phrase, lay it on me. Well, that's what Jesus is saying. Lay it on me. I can help you bear it. I can help you walk through it. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter one, verses two to seven. Again, in dealing with the stress of life, this is a great example of the Apostle Paul plowing through some of the stresses of life. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort 
with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So, so the Apostle Paul starts out by saying, look, we've had afflictions, we've been comforted, and I can transfer. I know what that comfort feels like. I can bring that comfort to you. Continue. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort in abundance through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. And our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that you, as you are sharers of our sufferings, so also you are sharers of our comfort. So here the apostle is saying, whether he has been comforted or whether he's in affliction, he says, you know what, it's all good. Because everything that happens to me, I want to be of benefit to you. So all of my experiences are for the benefit of you and for the benefit of the brotherhood. And what a way to deal with stress. Is he saying, bring the stress to me so I can have it pass through me and pass the blessing to others. It's, it's an incredible experience, and that brings us to another key to accepting assistance. Realize that others' experiences can be golden teaching tools for you in your stress. Even if the details are different, the core lessons are the same. Share your sufferings. Share your sufferings. And that's one of the reasons that um, Julie was willing to share her own difficulty and suffering in dealing with stress. So let's go to that. Julie, tell us a little bit more about the, the, the body of the matter in terms of your story and the difficulty and some of the trial that it's caused you. Well, I think it's important to remember that we all have different stress tolerances and these may change throughout our life. So whereas you may be really good at multitasking at this point and with these particular stressors, things can change and suddenly your body can't handle that anymore. Um, although I first developed symptoms of this alopecia areata when I was a child, they came back unexpectedly when I was about 40 years old and they were managed, they're little spots. And so you go to the dermatologist and they fill up these needles of cortisone and every six weeks they put these shots directly into your scalp. And okay. yes, it's as uncomfortable as that it, sounds. It sounds pretty terrible. <clears throat> yeah, but, but we play chase the spots. So, you know, you do it in three spots and the hair grows back and you're living just fine, but five more grow in. You, you shoot those spots and then six more grow in. And so it's kind of like you know, the game whack-a-mole, yeah, yeah, where, yeah. you know, you're getting these moles, yeah, but more yeah. moles pop, pop up. So so for years, this didn't really affect my life because I could just throw my hair in a ponytail or, you know, clip it up and put a lot of hairspray on and everything was fine. But then about four years ago, a variety of stressors came and converged that individually I think I could have handled, but collectively all at once without any coping mechanism in place my immune system went completely out of whack. All right, and, and before you continue, you, you, you work, and we don't need to get into the details, but you work in a very high-pressure type of a job. Correct. And so, you know, there's a, a, a high level of stress that is, has always been with you, and that, on top of other situations in life, uh, you were already at a disadvantage because you're holding back this tide of stress from just everyday life, and then several other things piled up, and that sent things haywire. Exactly. Okay, go ahead. Exactly. So by, by that point, um, over the course of several months, my, my hair would fall out in chunks. And um, by, by this time, my entire right side fell out, and there was no way to hide it. 
Now, for a so, woman... So, so, wait, wait. So, almost yeah. like, almost half of your, your hair fell out of your head. That's what you're saying. L- literally. Literally. Like, it's gone. Like, did that, like, happen, like, overnight, over a couple within, of weeks? Within, within months. Like, suddenly, you know, you just look in the shower and there's gobs and gobs of hair, new oh, yes. spots. And what happens is these... Remember the little spots we yeah, talked about yeah, with the yeah. needles? Yeah. Well, they converge into one giant spot. Oh, my gosh. And so, then there's no ponytail. There's no clip. There's no, you know, there's no way to hide it. Because and it's too big. Yeah. As a woman, I mean, this is devastating, you know, because it's all self-esteem. I'm in a job where I'm constantly visiting clients and have to make presentations. And from a business perspective, now I'm mortified. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to face family or going out to the grocery store. I mean, there's, there's nothing to do. You know, big, big giant hats. You know, the the best thing is winter because everyone is wearing these dorky little hats with, you know, big pom-pom balls on and everyone looks the same. But it's the rest of the time of year that that's really difficult. So um, my job at this point, anytime the phone would ring or an email would come in, like I, I would feel physically ill. It was so stressful. And, it, and my husband's, um, my in-laws, my, my husband's parents were both sick with terminal diseases at the same time, oh, including a very long bout with Alzheimer's. So we had a lot of family dynamics to deal with. I was the power of attorney for my husband's aunt who had dementia, responsible for all aspects of her life. Uh, my beloved cat was dying and one of my closest friends moved out of state. And, and I felt like I needed 30 hours a day to just stay afloat. And I was really shortchanged by only given 24-hour days. Okay. And that's what it was like. So you, there's, there's no way out, and everything that you have to do is met with incredible resistance from within and your sense of from without. So no matter where you turn, there's no answer. And your hair, pardon my bluntness, but it keeps falling out. Well, right, because it's, it's falling out because stress screwed up my immune system, but then um, it's causing more stress because I'm stressed out about the disease. And what it's doing to me. So it's a vicious cycle that it's very difficult to get out of once you get into that. And that's why you said stress is cumulative. And, and that's a perfect example of that. And then you stress over the stress of the matter. And, and just it just gets bigger. And it's this monstrous mountain that's in front of you that there's no moving. So Right, right. And okay. I, I do have to say, real quick, you know, if you're going to pick a disease, if you had to have one, you're going to pick one that doesn't hurt. And this happens to be a disease that has no physical pain to it. So part of the stress is the guilt that it's such a devastating disease, but it's not as bad as what someone else is going through. Okay. So, so the old, well, at least you don't have cancer, creates exactly. guilt, which creates more stress. More stress. So, and, and folks, I think that's the, that's the issue here. If you, you, you follow Julie's story and, 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 and the, the difficulty of managing all of the moving parts and it just gets bigger and bigger and more and more overwhelming. So, so Julie, hang on to that part of the story. There's a great scripture that you and I were talking about before the program, and I put it here at this stage of the story on purpose because it, I think it fits so, so well. John 16:27. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from thy Father. So, Julie, before we get a quick comment for you, from you on that, Jonathan, the key to acceptance in terms of dealing with this scripture and and the kinds of stress that Julie's talking about. What is it? It is often said that taking a hot bath can be relaxing. Bathe in the knowledge that that God himself, the Father and Creator of all, loves you and therefore will help you to be an overcomer. 
So, Julie, when you hear that, the Father himself loves you. Now, we don't have a lot of time. We Maybe 30 seconds here. What's your response? How does that set with you after the part of the story you just told? You know, you, you, you have to keep coming back to this as your core. You have to have this as your balance because you have to believe that God exists. You have to believe that he cares for you and that he loves you and that he knows what you're going through and that there's a reason why you're going through it. And I, I always think of the Apostle Paul with all of his afflictions. He asked for the afflictions to be removed. They weren't. And then he was at peace because he knew that God loved him and had a purpose, and we're just going to move on, and we're going to do other things. So there is a very high level of acceptance there that the Father himself loves you. Now, that's still a hard thing to practically put in place. How do you practically make that work and help it to have stress go away? This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick, with Julie, and tonight's episode is Why Are We So Stressed? Coming up... Now we know we don't have to be alone in our stress, so how do we begin the healing process? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. Tonight's episode is Why Are We So Stressed? We're live Monday evening from 8 to 10 Eastern. That means we're on right now. Join our conversation by emailing us at rick at christianquestions.com or you can message us through our app. Christian Questions, a voice of reason in a world that's lost its way. Keep in touch at christianquestions.com. All right, so Jonathan, we're uh, progressing with Julie's story. We're progressing with our discussion on stress. We So far, we've looked at the idea of acknowledging, being aware of the stress that you have, and that means looking at it and, and observing what it's doing and observing, observing the level of intensity that it has in your life and then accepting help. You know, God, God himself loves you, but there's much, much more to help than that because sometimes that's theoretical and not practical. So, so let's start this segment before we go back to Julie story with another quote this this is a great quote this is from Lou Holtz it's not the load that breaks you down it's the way you carry it and how true that is so Julie see if we can pull your story to some kind of a, a, a of a of a coping point it was you were overloaded many many different things in life had had made their their home inside your head and your heart and you're losing your hair literally through the autoimmune disorder, how do you cope? What do you do? What happens? It's, it's not easy. Um, and certain days are a lot harder than others. So I'm at the point now where I've lost my hair, eyebrows, and eyelashes. Um, so I look very different from how I used to look. And I, I feel like, you know, I have great empathy for people like burn victims and such where you look in the mirror and you don't look like yourself. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that the brain likes that because it's very jarring. It's very uh, demoralizing in that, in that regard. And I also have empathy for my friends with uh, multiple sclerosis. I have several and you can instantly tell something's not right with the way they walk or the way they move. And it's, it can be mortifying the way people, um, you know, look at you and, and treat you. And so it's, it's sometimes difficult to leave the house because a lot of preparation has to be made. And I will say that the CQ program 
You did a program back in 2013 on July 28th called, What Are You Worried About? And that really <laughs> helped me. And it provided scriptural remedies for worry and anxiety. And when I'm having a bad day, um, uh, um, maybe a pity party, <laughs> um, I, I'll go back and I'll listen to that. And when I was going through an especially difficult adjustment period when it was first happening, I had no way to cope. I had confided in a close friend of mine who wrote me a letter. And it was a letter written as if it were from God. And it began with, to my dear daughter. And it was about a specific prophecy in Isaiah. I'm only going to read a few lines. It was um, from Isaiah 61, 1 to 3, where the scripture says, The Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, uh, to give them beauty for ashes and the joy of oil for mourning. So I'll just read one paragraph from the letter. Again, this is from God's standpoint directly to me. I give you beauty for ashes. I say to you, do not cover your head in ashes any longer. I say to you, do not worry about what will cover your head any longer. I say to you, do not walk in despair, sorrow, or grief. Rather, rise up and receive my gift to overcomers. I give you beauty for ashes. Properly understood, beauty actually means a headdress or turban, a beautiful garland to cover your head. It is a garland of joy, a garland of peace, a garland of victory. My child, I give you this beautiful garland, this crown, this covering, to say to you, I love you. And because you follow my son, your head is now covered with the beauty of righteousness, his righteousness. My child, when I look down upon you and see you through this righteousness and all of your trials, pain, suffering, and uncertainty, they're now covered in beauty, his beauty, his victory, and his love. And that really is a is a change in perspective that it doesn't really matter in the long run as long as I'm covered um, through Jesus and the Lord loves me. And what this demonstrated to me was that we can do a lot for others because this letter really came at a great time and it meant a lot to me and it still does. We can write notes of encouragement. Mm -hmm. We can volunteer to pick up someone's kids or do their grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. We can give a caregiver a few hours to get a massage and take a walk alone. And sometimes it's these smallest acts of kindness that make the biggest difference. I was just at the uh, Schindler Holocaust Museum in Poland a few months back, and there's a sign that says, a small gesture can yield irreversible consequences. It can either save a life or ruin it. So... The outcome of all this is that I ended up making some drastic changes in my life. I let work know that I was going to take an unpaid leave of absence. I literally could not handle it anymore. So you had so the courage to do something. I, I had to reprioritize and reorganize. Um, so I, the only way to do that was really to stop. Right. Stop. Reset, refocus. Okay. All right. So that's what I did. All right. Well, we'll see if we can get more of that story as we go through the program. But very, folks. I mean, you know, I'm sitting here listening, thinking, man, you know, you, I could feel the the pain, and I could also feel the sense of reaching for the relief and learning how to put the relief in place in your life. Jonathan, go ahead. Yeah, Rick. We have a an app uh, comment, and it says. I know Julie. She is one of the most beautiful women I know. <laughs> 
Well, there you go. There you have it. And, you know, there, there's, something, there's something to be said for that because part of being a Christian is seeing the beauty of Christ within those that we are walking with. That's the point. And that's part three. Step three is to take action. Apply, attract and apply the power to cope. And Julie, that's what you explained that you were doing. So Jonathan, let's get into Philippians 4, 4 to 6 again. Because the, the apostle has confronted the issue, said to be aware. He has looked for help in addressing it. He was providing assistance. And now he tells us. He now tells us the answer. He now tells us how to cope. Philippians 4, verses 4 to 6. And again, these are verses that many of us know very, very well. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, you... you after hearing Julie's experience, Julie, you, you read this, you say, okay, well, this can seem silly, even, even trite. How am I supposed to rejoice, be without anxiety, and be thankful when, I, when my whole life is collapsing around me? You went through that, that dilemma. I still do. It's perspective. Okay. Everything has to be put in perspective, and it's, things are temporary here, and, and my goal is something higher. All right, and, and that brings us to the key to action in terms of taking action. Jonathan, what is that key? Think higher, act higher, see from a higher place. Remember, circumstances can and often do easily dictate our state of mind. The fact is, our state of mind is an absolute choice and does not have to be captive to what's happening around you. Paul is telling us to choose our thoughts. So, and Julie, that's what you're saying. You were saying that the struggle for you is, is your state of mind. Making it, giving it the choice to not be captive to the circumstances, but to be able to be uh, free to choose a higher way. And, and that, you said, that's still a struggle for you. Yeah, the trick is to not have these stresses um, consume you okay. because they can, you know, right. it, it consumes my dreams. It can, it, it, you know, it shows up in, in all these places because it affects so much of my life. Right. And you just kind of push that out and put other things in your life that are bigger than it. And again, you bring us to the next scripture because this choice of higher thought reaps a very, very powerful harvest. And that harvest is discussed in the very next verse of Philippians chapter four, verse seven. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All right, so, you're, Julie, you were talking about replacement. You know, you're replacing the, the stress with something else, and we were talking about higher and, and so forth and so on, and this is talking about the peace of God. So, so, Julie, before I get your comments on this, Jonathan, the key to action here, we did, had a key to action previously of think higher, act higher, see from a higher place, and now the key to action regarding Philippians 4.7 is what? Pursue the peace of God, for it will not arbitrarily grace you with its presence. All right, all right stop there for a second, because that is so incredibly mm-hmm. important. And, and Julie, I'm sure you, you're, you're physically well aware of that. The peace of God just doesn't come sauntering into your life saying, hey, Julie, need some help? But I'm a Christian. Where's my peace? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got to pursue it, because that's where, that's how it can take you and change you. Go ahead, finish, Jonathan. I'm sorry. God's peace can only come to us when we make room for it, when we evict our own will and our own way in favor of his higher plan, whatever that plan might be. 
and the whatever that plan might be is 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 written with your very experiences. Uh, you know, you know, in in your case, your situation it ha it it hasn't gotten better or or has it? No, mm-mm. no. So it's worse. So it's gotten worse. Okay, so here you are, and you've you've made a lot of adjustments, and yet still the issue is still there. So. Mm-hmm. What has to change? And folks, sometimes the circumstances don't change, but the peace of God in our hearts can change, can grow, can t- take over, can learn to evict all of the stressors in our life and take root because both can't live in our hearts. We can be- right. Go ahead. So I've changed, or at least I'm trying to change. And that's how we deal with stress. From a very, very clear perspective, it's making those choices. You know, much has been written about the power of attraction. You know, they talk about, you know, if you think about it, it's going to come to you. And, you know, the universe is at your command. Baloney. The universe is not at your command. Let's get that straight. <laughs> All right. But the power of attraction does have places where it works. And there are very physical things in our lives that make the power of attraction work. One of those things is discussed in the next verses in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. Now, we've just talked about rejoicing the Lord and be anxious for nothing. And God's peace is going to guard your heart and mind. And now the apostle is is sort of accentuating those previous um, arguments with these very, very strong words. Go ahead, Jonathan. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So he's saying... Think on things that are honorable and pure and lovely and and good and excellent and worthy of praise. Dwell on these things. And that's the power of attraction. Because when we dwell on the stress in our lives, Julie, you said it yourself, you kept rehearsing the stress and going over and the stress, it it responded. It got bigger. It -hmm. got stronger. It got more and more of a tidal wave that overwhelmed you. But if we would dwell on those things that are honorable and pure and righteous and lovely and excellent and things worthy of praise, they can also overwhelm us. So, Jonathan, the key to action here in terms of managing our stress is what? Commit to higher ways, even if you continually fail at them. For the power of choosing our thoughts to be godly takes time to learn. Find examples who inspire you and follow them as they follow Christ. So, Julie, in, in, in this key to action, it talks about committing to higher ways even if you continually fail at them. And I'm not suggesting that you, you fail at them, but you said that you're, you're always continually working on keeping the reset mind in place. Well, and, and if you go a little farther into this Philippians chapter to verse 12, this is one of my favorite scriptures ever where the Apostle Paul tells us he knows both how to be abased and he knows how to abound. And put another way... I know what it is to have need, and I know what it is to have plenty. So his external circumstances were irrelevant because he was so attuned to God that he was in balance. And that gives me this mental image of a gyroscope. I mean, have you ever seen or used a Segway? And oh wait, 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 wait! Slow down. A gyroscope. A gyroscope. Okay. You know, you know. Um, what, 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 
That's right. why a segue is the easiest thing here and not in the 1800s to tell us what that is. You know, the segue is where it's constantly self-leveling. Right. So a gyroscope, it maintains orientation. That's what a segue uses and that's what other instruments use to constantly be self-leveling. And that's the image that comes to me, that no matter what happens externally um, or even right at the top of my head, you know, our job is to give God our focused best. And we can't be giving him glory if we let this chronic stress build up that keeps us off balance because we're so upset or busy with our worries and our cares and our, our grudges and our this and who's saying what and Facebook this. We're not we're not spending the time the way we're supposed to be. All right. So a gyroscope. Put a picture of that in CQ Rewind, the full edition. Okay. All I'll right. So, folks, if you are not subscribing to CQ Rewind, the full edition, please do so. It's a free service. You can subscribe through your Christian Questions app on your phone, or you can subscribe right at our website, ChristianQuestions.com, and it goes through a lot of the, the, the commentary of our program uh, each week, puts the scriptures out there so you can see in the comments and, and, and illustrations so it can help you understand. The gyroscope is a great example because no matter what's happening around it, it finds its center. And that's the key for the Christian, is to learn how to find our center. Jonathan, we don't have time for the whole scripture, but 1 Peter 5, 6 to 10. Again, we're not going to read all those verses. Just read verse 7. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I think that's probably one of the great keys here. Um, humility, follow through, and preparedness. All our elements of the power to cope. So, Julie, as we wrap up this first hour, we got a little bit less than a minute left here. Uh, just in terms of dealing with your own personal experience and the things that you've learned, maybe times you've fallen down, somebody who's going through stress, you can understand it. What do you say to them in terms of trying to encourage them to, to find their center? Well, you know, I think in the next hour we're going to go over a lot of different practical techniques yes. of different stress relief. And um, most of it becomes really redeeming the time. And, and how are you going to spend your time? Are you going to spend your time, you know, crying about it and being upset about it? And yes, you know, the answer, to be honest, is yes, sometimes <laughs> you do. Um, but, you know, a lot of it is seeking people that are a good support system for you and people that will help you and more importantly, people that you can help. You know, it's not all about us. You know, a lot of times if we can find a way to help someone else, it completely takes you outside of your own self and your own head. And, and that's such an important part of this whole thing. So, Julie, thanks for being with us this first hour. Stay with us for the second hour because there's folks, Julie's got a lot more to say, not only about her story, but about the practicality of dealing with the other types of causes of stress in our lives. And in the second hour, we're going to go through that. And one of the things we're going to talk about in the second hour is Rick's, one of Rick's, epic life failures and a time in my life when stress completely completely overwhelmed me and i did not have a clue as to what to do and it was not pretty folks this is such an important subject so if you know somebody who needs to hear it there's still time go let them know that we're on get them to listen to the second hour for jonathan and rick and julian christian questions why are we so stressed lots more to come soon till then think about it Our family of listeners is growing every week. Thanks for listening live and through all our digital broadcasting channels. Spread the word to your friends to join our weekly conversation. 
It's time to think about the Bible like you never have before. This is Christian Questions, our website, ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. William James once said, The greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Rick, and this is not your typical Christian commentary as we look at Bible-related topics from a very different perspective. And, Jonathan, the topic on the table this evening is one of the most important subjects, one of the most relevant subjects to everybody's life. What is it? That's right, Rick. And our question is, why are we so stressed? And our theme text is found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So in the first hour, we, we've got Julie with us. Julie, uh, thanks for staying with us for the second hour. Hi. Hello. You, uh, you did a really, it was a really, uh, to me, it was very inspiring to, to hear you have the courage to tell that story. Because that's a hard story to tell, and I give you a lot of credit for being able to do that. That's a hard thing to do. But part of, of dealing with stress, as you mentioned, is doing things that can help others. And sometimes when we share our stress with others, it can help them because it gives them the strength and encouragement to say, I see somebody else going through something, and somehow that just that builds us up. That gives us the, that motivation maybe to take the step that we're afraid to take. So um, thanks for staying with us for this hour as well. Jonathan, there were three steps we talked about in the first hour. Very briefly, just go through, go through what they are in terms of dealing with stress. Step one, be aware, acknowledge the pain. Step two, accept assistance, appreciate and engage in the process. Step three, take action, attract and apply the power to cope. And those steps may sound like, oh yeah, sure, it's easy to say. And every time you have to deal with stress... To me, that ends up being the initial reaction. Sure, easy to say, but hard to do, and that's true. So in this hour, we want to try to get down to the hard to do, and what do you do about the hard to do? And, you know, there are many places and circumstances and experiences that deliver stress in our lives. So for the second hour, we want to touch on some of the more obvious stressors and see if we can find really practical solutions. So we're going to go through different areas of life, and these are not all the areas of th- that cause stress, but these are some of the major ones that, that bring stress to us. We're going to look at them, we're going to give some scriptural comment on them, and we're going to give a practical solution. Just a, a, here, why don't you try this as a method for dealing with stress. But before we get started with that, Jonathan, um, I want to tell, you know, I, I sort of really don't want to tell because I really don't like remembering this. But uh, And you were there for this, weren't you? I was. All right. Well, you and I used to work at a cabinet shop together. We did. Way back in the 1980s. And um, I was the general manager of the cabinet shop. And uh, you know what that, it was a relatively new place, uh, you know, and, uh, and I was the guy that ran it. And um, we had, uh, Trish and I had two kids at that point in time, and she was pregnant with a third. And I was on salary, and when you're on salary, you know, you get the raise to go on salary, and it's really cool, because, you know, you get this big raise, and I'll never forget, my boss sat me down and said, okay, I want to put you on salary, I want you to run the entire place, and I'm going to expect you to work maybe 45 hours a week or so, but, you know. Sure. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but I was gullible and I believed it, okay? Uh, so months and months go by, and of course 45 turns into 50, turns into 55, turns into 60, turns into 60 plus, turns into working days and nights and weekends and everything else and taking work home and never being able to get away from it. Two little kids. My wife is pregnant. We had just bought a house that was, remember the house, the mess that it was and the work that it needed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Okay. So we had all of this stuff. And, and you know, and, and you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm motivated. I want to do well. Sure. So I am working really hard at this very demanding job. I'm trying to raise children. I'm trying to, to rebuild this house that needed incredible amounts of work. And every time I took something apart, it was like, what have I done? Because it was worse than I thought. And what should have taken six months took maybe two years because, and, and there are parts that honestly still aren't done, but that's another story. <laughs> but, but the point is that at that point, I began to get overwhelmed. And, and Julie, you, you nailed it down because a lot of times you don't look at and you don't see what's happening in your life. But, and I didn't look up. I just kept plowing through and attacking and attacking, and it kept draining more and more of my reserves. Because, you know, when you're young, I was only 28 at the time, you're young, you've got energy, and you've got reserves. And so I was relying on those reserves, and I was using them up and not able to replace them because the, the pace never stopped. So the stress started to grow, and, 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 I, and I began to realize that I was in trouble. So we're going to pause the story there. We're going to come back to it in a little bit. Um, it was one of the epic failures of my life, this, this experience. And that's why we're, 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 we're sharing it with you here, because it was, it was so dramatic for me. Let's deal with some specific areas of stress in our lives, a life stressor. One of the great stressors of life can be family issues. Sometimes stress involves family dynamics, and parts of the challenge is to stay above the fray. And it's, that's not easy to do because if it's your family, you're always just you know, emotionally right in the middle of it. Jesus set a very sound principle in place for this. And, 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 and this is really very brilliant, the way he, he deals with this. Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 15. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man... Who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you? Then he said to them, Beware, and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. So Jesus is being asked. It's like a young man comes to him. There's an inheritance going to his older brother. He wants part of it. And he says, Well, if I get Jesus involved, my brother's going to have to listen because Jesus is bigger and stronger than everybody. And, so, and Jesus' response is, what are you doing? What are you doing? Who made me to be able to decide over you? Now, could Jesus have done that? Sure he could have. Julie, go ahead. Are you counting? Oh, <laughs> looks like you're trying to... I am. I'm rereading that. For not even when one has abundance does his life consist of his possessions. I'm just getting that in my head. And, and that's the point that Jesus makes. He says to them... So he looks at the guy. He says, no, I'm not getting involved in your life. And then he looks at the crowd... And that's what he says. He puts it in perspective and he said, look, you have to be on guard against all forms of greed because essentially what he's telling us is greed creates stress because it's insatiable. And when we have insatiable ad appetites, that is a, a major stressor in life. So stress management key in relation to some family type issues like this guy was having with his brother not sharing inheritance. 
Our personal greed and perceived need factor inherently creates stress. To continually moderate this desire is to keep its stress from even approaching our lives. So you moderate it by knowing it's going to get you before it does. You moderate it by re- reading what Jesus, like Julie, you were reading, rereading those words. When one has abundance, does his life consist of, uh, not even when one has abundance, does his life consist of his possessions. You can be the wealthiest person in the world, but that's not your life. Those are just things. That's not what your life is about. We get stressed when we focus on things. And a lot of times in our family situations, we're focusing on things because it's the things between you and me and the brother and sister and the arguing back and forth kind of a thing. So that brings us to how do you, how do you deal with that? Where do, you, where do you bring your mind? Because this is all about mind control. Matthew 5, 7 to 9. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So, mercy, pure in heart, peacemakers. Those are our ways of being. Those aren't things. Those are ways of being that can keep stress at bay. So, being a peacemaker, in terms of family experiences, I mean, does that mean you get in the middle of everything, Julie? What do you think? Oh, I, I, I got this one. Okay, ready? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so... <laughs> so with, with experience with this, here's what I would tell listeners if I had to go through this experience again, and I'm sure I will just to make sure that I got it down the first time. Being a peacemaker doesn't always mean being the go-between counselor, and it doesn't mean gossiping with one side or the other, taking sides. And I think that sometimes being a peacemaker means you stay out of it entirely and you be a good example where possible, and you just quietly do the tasks that others are arguing about. And decades from now, you probably won't even remember what we were so stressed about, but it's possible that your body will still be suffering physical effects from it. So you're saying you rise above the fray, you just take care of what needs to be done. Stay out of it. Let, Move on. Let go of that tenacious grabbing at things, because that's where stress comes from. And grudges. Families hold grudges. Yeah, they do. And Get rid of the grudge. It, it, and that's such a hard thing. That's such a hard thing to do. Stress management key for this, Jonathan. If we daily build mercy and a clean heart and a peacemaking as a foundation of life, we can again head stress off before it even arrives. Daily build mercy, a clean heart, and peacemaking. So make that those things habits in your life, and when opportunities for stress come up, you've automatically built a defense against it. So Julie, in terms of family situations and, and just dealing with stress in general, give us a practical try this sort of thing. All right. Experts are going to say that this is the most important thing. Breathe. I can, Breathe. I can do that. <laughs> Deep, conscious breathing. In, count to ten. Out, count to ten. And this always makes me think of Jonathan because one of his favorite words is sila. Pause and consider. And consider right. and he is used in the Psalms. Pause and consider. Use the space in between your breaths to just calm down. And that's the easiest because it's free. (laughs) You can do it anywhere and you can do it in front of anyone. Yeah. (laughs) So breathe, pause and consider. And and you think about that and then you think, okay, so the experts are telling us that this is what we should do. David, thousands of years ago, writing the Psalms, told Mm -hmm. us that's what we should do. So all of the experts and all of the science have come up with something that David knew 
you know, 4,000 years ago. It's pretty cool, if you ask me. That is cool. <laughs> All right, let's go on to another life stressor. And, folks, we're not taking calls tonight. Our call screener is not well. So um, if you'd like to contribute to the program, please do so via the Christian Questions app or via email at rick at christianquestions.com. We'd love to get your comments and thoughts. We'll see if we can translate them into the program. Use the app or Christian que- uh, rick at christianquestions.com. Next life stressor is personal confidence issues. Sometimes we're overrun by stress when we are not confident in our ability to do a task or to take a stand or fulfill a responsibility. Sometimes we just, we're afraid and that creates great stress. And I believe me, I have been there as well. Hebrews 10, 32 to 36. But remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of suffering, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who are so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. So the, the apostle starts off these verses by saying, you got to remember back. Remember back when you were in, in dire straits and you stood up under it and you, and you met with the challenges and you were, um, you were faced with, with difficulty and you stood up against it. And then he says in verse 35, Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. So he's saying, you look back and you see what you were able to accomplish before, so don't get tired now. Because you already, you had that experience once, it can happen again. And maybe it's harder this time, maybe it's bigger, but it means that you, you've been exercised already. So, so what's the, the stress management key here, uh, Jonathan? We all have past experiences that we can look back to and see how God's hand guided us. Relieve, re- relive. relive that victory in Christ and look for God's leading in this new experience. So, Julie, in your own experience, you know, in, in terms of looking back over way, things that have helped you, and you mentioned earlier in, in, your, in your dealing with your autoimmune disorder, that, that's, that's been helpful to you. Well, I think one of the blessings that I've had is the fact that, you know, un- unlike people that have to go through cancer where they their appearance changes n- nearly overnight um, I it was a slow progression for me and in each stage I was able to after a few tears um, kind of regroup and make adjustments and make amendments and move forward so I, I'm, I appreciate that the Lord let me have this experience in a slow way so that it, it wasn't so sudden. And now it's just kind of become an everyday, everyday experience for me. But you go back and you look at what strengthened you before, and you can find strength and inspiration in that. And, mm-hmm. and by the same token, we can look back on others' experiences and see what strengthened them, and we can find inspiration in that. So, so Jonathan, uh, did I have, yeah, I had you do the key, right, didn't I? Yes, it, yes. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm thinking, because I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking, did, did we do it? Yes. So, so the point is, don't be afraid to relive the past victory. You know, a lot of times as Christians, we, we, get, we get a little fagazy about that. We think, you know, I don't know, maybe that's prideful to think about victory. No, it's not. 
if it's for the purpose of strengthening you for the next trial, you've got to look at how God delivered you before and say, he's done it before and, and he can do it, he will do it again if I put myself in position where he can move me, where he can drive me and the stress can begin to melt away. Psalm, 23 verse, uh, Psalm 73 verse 26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So we fall down, but we go back to that same principle, but God is our always enduring strength. Julie, a practical suggestion for dealing with personal confidence issues, dealing with stress in general. Well, I think that during periods when you don't have confidence in yourself is when you need to now lean on the Lord more. And and if you aren't in a crisis mode right now, learning your scriptures and meditating on motivational stories will help stabilize you during that next big storm that's probably going to come. So scripture memorization and maybe an instant prayers throughout the day. These take up no time at all, but they help us to rebalance. Um, perhaps we unplug from social media or from the news and we start focusing on Again, we've talked about redeeming the time, getting your time spent correctly. And, and I thought a really good idea, I have a friend, of, um, it, it's, she's actually a CQ volunteer, who walks every day and walks with her CQ app and listens to sermons and listens to CQ or, or other uplifting programs during her walks. You know, there's always things that you can do to fill in those times. In times when we are not confident, it's a good time to build up our spiritual muscle. And um, I had just heard a, a sermon a few weeks back about Samson who ground corn every day. Right. And that was he was a slave. Right. It gave him the eventual strength to bring down the columns. So what we're going through is strengthening us. And so, again, it really does become a matter of our, our mental perspective and looking at what's happening and saying, wait a minute, there's actual strength here if I avail myself to take it and use it. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick and Julie. Tonight's episode is, Why Are We So Stressed? Coming up. Okay, so I can cause myself stress. But what about the stress from without that arrives gift-wrapped? <laughs> gift it's <wrapped>. the season. <laughs> That's next. It is the season. <laughs> You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. So it is, why are we so stressed? We're live Monday evening from 8 to 10 Eastern. That means we're on right now. Join our conversation by emailing us at rick at christianquestions.com or you can message us on your app. Christian Questions, a weekly habit that's good for you. Thanks for tuning us in every Monday evening. Join our conversation any day and time at ChristianQuestions.com. Yeah, no phone calls tonight. Our call screener is not able to uh, manage that for some physical reasons. So, Jonathan, let's do our quote for the top of this hour. Each hour we're starting with another quote in terms of managing and understanding stress. This one is from Wayne Dyer. The components of anxiety, stress, fear, and anger, do not exist independently of you in the world. They simply do not exist in the physical world even though we talk about them as if they do. So the components of anxiety, stress, fear, and anger come because of our mental processing. And so to deal with it, we need to learn how to rise above it with different mental processing. 
And uh, saying that, let me go back to my story of one of the epic failures of my life. Uh, and that goes back several years when I was a general manager at a cabinet shop and uh, and the, the the stress of the job, the the incredible hours that I was working, raising a family. My wife was pregnant. We had just bought a house that needed a ton of work. Of course, I was capable of doing the work and I could see the answer, but I just couldn't physically do it because I didn't have the energy. I didn't have the mental capacity anymore. And so I knew, Jonathan, I, here's the thing. I knew I was in trouble. I knew I was overstressed. I knew I was overwrought. I knew that I could not cope. So I looked for solutions. I, I bought some books on stress management, and I read them. And it did absolutely no good. <laughs> you know? Oh, no. Absolutely no good. I prayed and prayed and prayed about it, and I could not get out of it. And, it just, and I felt myself literally sinking in my own life. And I will never forget this, this, that sense of despair from that point in time. I even started to turn down uh, Christian privileges, doing this and that in terms of, of church privilege and so forth. I said, no, look, I can't do it. Uh, I can't do it anymore. And I actually started to give up. I actually started feeling like I can't do this. I, 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 don't, know, I don't know what the answer is. I am completely lost. And I got to a point where instead of asking the Lord, Lord, please help me, help me manage this, help me work through it, I started praying, Lord, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Just help me with this. Because, Jonathan, I couldn't even, I couldn't, I couldn't give my, my little children the kind of attention they deserve because I couldn't mentally be present. I couldn't give my wife the attention she deserved. I was on autopilot at work. Nothing was good from, from within me. Everything that came out from me was mechanical and, in a lot of ways, fake. And, I, and I, I, I literally was at the point where I said, God, I will do anything. And, you know, I was set up. I was really set up to crash and burn. And, and I, was, I was this this close to doing that. So we'll get to the next part of that story. And, and I don't know, Jonathan, you knew me at that time. I don't know if you knew what was going on or not. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. You were just always so busy. I just thought that was you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, and that's part of it is we can hide it because we're so busy. And that's one of the, the, the tragedies of the kinds of stress that we deal with in our lives. So we'll get back to that story next, uh, next segment. But, you know, another life stressor that everybody can relate to is the external pressure, just like I was talking about in my own, in my own life. Perhaps character attacks, perhaps being misrepresented, those things can cause us great, great stress. Well, how do you cope with that? What do you do? You go back to Scripture. You go back to the words of Jesus. You go back to Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus is calmly, quietly, wisely teaching us how to manage these things. Matthew five eleven to 13. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So we are blessed, that's what he's saying, but we still might feel stressed. All right, you know, and that, that's such a powerful thing. We can be blessed, but it doesn't mean that the stress goes away. It doesn't mean that our emotions change. It doesn't mean that we're miraculously lifted up. There's always a struggle involved. So what do you hold on to? Let's look at Romans chapter 8, verses 31 and 35. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, 
Who is against us? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? And, and Jonathan, again, in my, own, in my own experience, I remember scriptures like this, you know, if God is for us, who is against us? And I would say to myself, okay, all right, I believe that. And I'm going to wake up this, this, this morning, and I'm going to get out of bed, and I'm going to believe that God is for me, and that nothing is going to be able to penetrate that. And I would fall apart, I don't know, within five minutes. Be, I'd fall back into the same pattern, the same pitfalls, the same trap, and be stuck all over again. And I would intellectually know God was for me, but I didn't know how to let that be in my heart. And it's such a challenge. Stress management key for this, Jonathan, is what? We once again return to the inward working of our own minds. We can choose to reject the nastiness of our environment from invading our mind's sacred space, which is solemnly reserved for godly worship, praise, and thought. That's what Jesus did. Reject the nastiness of our environment that invades our mind's sacred space. See, to me, and Julie, just you can you can respond to this. There, there's a there's a sense of sacredness in the mind of a Christian that there's supposed to be a place for. And we talked about God's spirit last week, Jonathan. We were talking about that and and God's spirit dwelling within us. And when we allow stress in. It's, it, it has to push something else out. So, so what, how do you, what, do you, what do you do with that? How do, you, how do you take that and say, okay, no, not, not here, not in my house? <laughs> Any thoughts, Julie? No? <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's a very serious subject. I actually had a, a less serious practical suggestion. Oh, okay, go ahead. This one. <laughs> Some, sometimes I like to just bake a pan of brownies and eat the whole thing. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm in. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm in. not kidding. I'm not kidding. I have done it. I feel much better, and then I feel much worse. Um, but there is something to this. I, I did a little research, and I sh- it's shown that um, one of the stress levels, uh, the stress chemicals, is cortisol, and chewing helps reduce that. And celery has a calming, cancer-fighting element called apigenin that's traditionally been used to reduce anxiety and insomnia. So it's not as fun as brownies, but much better for you. So if you chew parsley, artichokes, chamomile tea, and celery all have this ingredient in them. So sometimes what I take this as, to answer your question, sometimes just a cup of chamomile tea tea, and a little peace and a little quiet and a little rebalancing. If God is for us, who can be against us? Selah. You have to pause and consider that. Now, now look, you know, celery does not sound exciting. I'm sorry. <laughs> Brownies sounded much, much better than celery. I hear you, brother. I hear you. <laughs> but it's important to realize that sometimes, sometimes, especially in learning to, to manage stress, the things that don't seem so exciting are the things that are the pathway to a life of managing the trials and tribulations and, and, the, and the tsunamis of experiences that surround you. And look, if you need celery, then go for the celery because it gets the job done. And so sometimes it's not exciting to sit quietly and to have a scripture and to, and to have it go through your mind again and again. But it can really change 
things. It really, really can. So, folks, again, if you'd like to contribute to the program, we're not able to take calls tonight, but you can certainly email us at rick at christianquestions.com, or you can send us a message through your Christian Questions app, and we'll try to work those messages into the program. So, okay, so external pressure, character attacks, misrepresentations, they can cause a lot of stress. And to to be able to deal with that, it comes down to our own minds. How am I going to process those things? What am I going to think about those things? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And when you're thinking about what somebody said bad about you, there's no virtue in praise in that. And that's a great way to say, nope, not, not in this house. You know, there was a a basketball player, his name was Dikembe Mutombo. He was a great, great shot blocker. And of course, this is radio, so you can't you can't see it. But he would he would block a shot, and he'd do and he'd wave his finger like, no, 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 not in my house. You don't take that shot near me, you know. And 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 I think of that sometimes as one of those. Jonathan, you know, you know, you were talking off air about managing stress, and one of the things you do to manage stress is through humor. That's right. You know, be a j- joke about it and laugh, laugh it off. And I think of this. I mean, look, I'm I'm five foot four inches tall. I think of this guy. He's like six, seven foot two inches tall. He's this big, lanky, powerful man. And I think of him waving his finger like no, no, no. And when I think of managing stress, that's what I think of. Not in my house. You do not come here. You know. And it does. It makes me laugh. And I and I appreciate your your uh, your example there. Um, another life stressor is weariness. This is one of those things that just works its way quietly and, and almost stealthily into our lives. Weariness issues. Stress becomes ever more tenacious when we become just too tired to fight. Um, Isaiah 40, verses 28 to 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. So the point of this text here is very, very simple. God is eternal energy he is eternal direction he's eternal purpose he doesn't tire we do we stumble we fall that's okay because it says they that wait upon the lord will gain new strength and the strength is not your own it's his so when you put his strength on you are now strengthened in a way that you never would have been able to be before and that's how you can mount up with wings as eagles. It's not because you're so smart. It's not because you're so strong. But it's because you have the faith and the trust to allow his strength, the humility, to allow his grace to overcome you so that you can respond through him instead of through you. That's how we deal with the weariness issue. That reminds me of I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Yes. And uh, th- there's a, it's it, it, well, and that's very, very similar to the next verse. Let's go to the next verse, as a matter of fact. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I will be content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Yeah, it's interesting. He says, I am content 
with weaknesses. He doesn't say, hey, I'm overjoyed. When I'm weak, boy, I'm the happiest man on earth. You know, uh, I'm, I'm overjoyed when people insult me and, and with, with persecutions. He doesn't say that. He says, I am content. And why is he content? Because when he's weak personally, it's opportunity for Christ to be strong in him. And that is a stress coping mechanism. So Jonathan, the stress management key here for these two these two verses, Isaiah and Second Corinthians, is what? Understand that our strength and courage are most likely going to wane. And if we are rightly exercised when they do wane, we will be opened up to new strength and courage from on high. Therefore our weaknesses is the perfect opportunity for God's peace to reign over our feeble hearts and minds. So we are going to fall. Face the fact. It's going to happen. We are going to fall apart. We are going to not be able to do it, and that's okay. And see, to me, learning that is such a great stress relief because God expects that I'm going to fall down again, and he just wants me to be able to get up again. Julie, go ahead. You know, one of the things with being content with weakness, and with me personally, Part of my goal is to not let Satan win. And I think that when you have um, medical issues or stressful issues or whatever, you can easily become bitter and angry and mad at God and why me and all this. And Satan wins. And then there's no glory to it. So I'm trying to very consciously be able to give glory to God regardless of the weakness. Who's going to win? So, so really, there, there's going to be an end result to every battle. And if we have God, God's glory in, in mind and in our hearts, then, the, then it changes the way we fight. And, and you're right. Have that motivation to crush the adversary through the grace of God. Not because you're so strong. Because you're not. Because you're going to fall down. But God's grace and strength can lift us beyond the stress. We need an anchor for our soul whose weight holds us steady and stable through the storms of life. And we can find that anchor in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentarily light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. See, that's stress relief. And, and Julie, this reminds me of you know, some of your own experience. You know, our outer man is not doing so well. Mm-mm. But the inner man, see, that's being renewed day by day by day. So even if our outer circumstances cannot change... The inner circumstances are supposed to grow and develop through them. So, so Julie, a practical suggestion uh, for dealing with stress in, in terms of our weariness issues. Well, I was thinking that a lot of times stress, um, what causes it is our stressors, we don't have control over them. We lose our right. job. We get sick. The kids are driving us crazy. My college class all has this, a test at the same time. So sometimes we can de-stress by taking control over something, even if it's as instantly rewarding as organizing our sock drawer and throwing out the ones with the holes in them or cleaning out the garage or whatever it is that gives you some small anxiety. So start giving away or throwing away what you don't need because clutter has proven to raise your blood pressure and your stress hormones. So get rid of it. All right. So, so clutter is another way that we create stress in our lives and it can contributes to the weariness and you know this, this weariness thing it, it's it's we don't have a lot of time to, to talk about it but it, it is such a valuable point because everybody becomes weary when you look at the at people's faces in their daily lives what you see is weariness and the over the overstimulation of life 
the overexertion of the challenges of having to deal with all kinds of things, it creates stress. And when we are weary and we have stressors, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, a, a recipe for sure failure unless we lean on something bigger than ourselves, something stronger than ourselves, and something more powerful. And that's the wisdom, power, love, and grace of God. Get rid of the emotional clutter. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Tonight's episode is, Why Are We So Stressed? Coming up. So stress is controllable. Good news. But what about my belly fat? That crazy (laughs) flesh? What are you talking about? You're listening to Christian Questions. See videos, hear past shows, and talk to us at ChristianQuestions.com. Here's Rick and Jonathan. Welcome back. Tonight's episode is Why Are We So Stressed? We're live Monday evening from 8 to 10 Eastern. That means we're on right now. Join our conversation by emailing us at rick at ChristianQuestions.com or you can message us on your app. Christian Questions. Out from the dark ages and into the light of today, join us 24-7 at ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, and, you had mentioned, we had uh, off-air, you mentioned that uh, we got a, a comment from the Christian Questions app. That's right. And this comes from the United Arab Emirates. And the Jonathan, you're breaking up. I just lost your audio here. So uh, is thank you, CQ. I wake up early Tuesday morning. Okay, is that any better? All right. Okay. Can you start again? Thank you. Sure. Thanks. Thank you, CQ. And I wake up every Tuesday morning to specially listen to you in the UAE. The latest melting pot. All right, Jonathan. Cultures. Life is very stressful. <laughs> so is this call. Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan, well, you just completely froze. So it's not coming through. Um, okay. No. Sorry. We, in, this, in this latest melting pot of cultures, life is very stressful. That's the last I heard. Listening to you today, it ref- really reflects my life for seven years where my body gave into high blood pressure, bitterness, and negativism. Now God has changed me so by showing me what is important, helping me to evict what is unimportant. Thank you for this wonderful program. God bless you. Sila. Oh, awesome. Oh, we got a Sila. We did. Awesome, awesome. Com- <laughs> Folks, we really, really appreciate when you share with us like that. It really means a lot. Jonathan, let's start this segment with a, a, a quote. Oh, well, actually, wait, wait, wait. First of all, what's this about the belly fat? Julie? Uh, <laughs> too many brownies. Julie, <laughs> Julie what's the belly know, fat thing here? Go ahead. Okay, so stress triggers the hormone cortisol, which is a major contributor to belly fat. Aha. And chronic exposure to cortisol can result in a complete shift of your body shape. So when you're under stress, the body cranks out cortisol, which which springs fat from all your fat stores and dumps it into the bloodstream and gives it the liver and these other organs the energy because, you know, stress is your fight or flight reaction. Right. So any fat that isn't being used for the energy gets thrown back into the fat stores, which is generally uh, in your abdomen. So working out helps decrease cortisol. And so that's that's our uh, our thought of no belly fat. All right. So stress causes belly fat on top of everything else. <laughs> Great. That's just what we needed to hear. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that. Now, Jonathan, the quote from Winston Churchill. 
When I look back on all these worries, I remember the story of the old man who said on his deathbed that he had had a lot of trouble in his life, most of which had never happened. <laughs> and that's part of stress, is we end up stressing over things that are possibilities. And, 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 and so we waste all of that incredible energy when we could be focusing it on the peace of God. So, so speaking of wasting incredible energy, let me finish my story of my epic failure when I was 28 and under stress from so many different kinds of things that I honestly felt like giving up. I just didn't know what to do. I had tried things, and I was saying to God, God, look, I'll do anything. I will just do anything. Just, I, I don't know what else to do. So about two weeks, Jonathan, about two weeks after I started praying that prayer of God, I'll do anything, I was in a pretty serious car accident. And uh, I was in a car accident. I was sitting at a, at, a, at a T intersection getting ready to pull onto the road. I was at a dead stop. And the person in front of me pulled out onto the road, and the person coming down the road about 50 miles an hour figured I was going to follow that person. So they just happened to swerve into my lane to avoid me, but I didn't move. So, oh, no. So I, my car got <laughs> T-boned literally on my left hip. And oh. it, it, the, it, she was going about 50 miles an hour, and, and literally it spun my car around. And I suffered. And that was a little car. It was a little car. I'm glad it was small and light. Because her, the impact moved the car. If my car was heavier, I would have been much more hurt. Um, but I suffered some pretty severe nerve damage in my back from that. And me, being the guy who's going to plow through things, go home. I am so stiff I can hardly move. I don't want to go to the hospital. I go home. Now, I was wearing my tape measure on my left hip. And that's where the, the other car hit me. You know, and I had this welt on my hip, the shape of a tape measure. Oh, amazing. no. <laughs> but the next morning, I literally can hardly move, and I pull myself out of bed. I get dressed, and I go to work. Why? Because I don't know how to stop. And I am in such pain at work that I'm crying, that I, and I can't control it. Tears are coming down the sides of my face, and I'm sitting. And I won't quit because I'm in this, in this mode of I got to keep going. And my boss looks at me after a day of this, a day or two of this, and he, my boss was not a compassionate man at this point in his life. And he said to me, he said, Rick, you're no good to me like this. Go home. He didn't say, I'm sorry you're hurt. He said, you're no good to me like this. Go home. Oh. <laughs> Until you can come back and do your job. So I went home. And I was home for six weeks. It was, it was you know, no pay. I was home for six weeks. And I got totally depressed. I was totally depressed because now, now this was proof that I was a failure. And for two weeks, I fought this, this, this darkness that was more and more overwhelming until one day I woke up and thought, wait a minute, I told God I would do anything to get out of the stress, and he took me out. What am I doing? This is my answer. <laughs> and I began the slow, meticulous process of learning to look up and see the light instead of the darkness that surrounded me in that pit. And I began to realize that God actually delivered me. He needed to literally jar me out of where I was and what I was doing and force me to stop, Selah, to stop, to pause and consider. And that was the beginning of the healing. And you know, I after the accident, I went to the, to the they towed my car. I took a picture of the car that in in the shop and, and Julie, we'll put it in the rewind because it's it's uh, and I kept that picture on my desk for many years after that. Because whenever I saw that that crashed car, I saw deliverance. 
and it reminded me of God's compassion and deliverance. And to this day, when I feel stress, I think about those things and think about his deliverance, which was much bigger than my trial. That to me, and, and it took, it took literally, it took me being forcibly pulled out of my situation because I was so darn stubborn, but God had mercy on me. Life stressors, worry issues. Perhaps one of the easiest ways to allow stress to permeate our beings is through the simple choice of worry. Jesus had plenty to say about worry. Let's go to Matthew six twenty-five to 34. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So first, very simple worry point. Our lives are bigger than the basic necessities. And you know, you think about that and say, well, yeah, we know that. Yeah, but do we live that? Do we live it? Because to be able to combat stress, you have to live what you know. Knowing is great, but it doesn't change you. Living it changes you. Moving your mind in line with what you know, that's what changes you. Let's go on, because Jesus now, in Matthew 6, puts it in perspective uh, to be able to just look outside of yourself and see God's wisdom and mercy and power. Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow was thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? You of little faith. So, so the second worry point is God's design provides for plants in the animal world. So, and you think about it, and, and that's all instinctive. That's all built in. So surely we, God's children, can realize that his providence applies to us as well. And again, this is a great theoretical point, but it's got to become a point of, of reality in our everyday. It's got to become one of those things that we say, this is how I will now live. Now, any, from, from either of you in terms of your, your own experiences, when you look at that, taking the reality of that and, and making it actually happen, any, any thoughts on that? Not hmm. at this point. I'll, 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 go ahead. Well, well, <laughs> well, I have a stress going on right now in my life. Uh, my wife is unable to work because of medical conditions, and so we have a new era in okay, life. Okay, so wait. Let me ask you this, though. Now, you say she's unable to work. Now, is that temporary? Uh, it's probably permanent. Okay, so you're saying that she's not able to work now, nor will she be able to work later. Right, probably. Okay, see, see now right. that, that, that creates a much bigger, more intense picture. Right, so what do, we, do we worry about what we eat or what we drink or how we pay the mortgage or how we pay the car payment? You know, you're you're that, reading the next verses. You know that, that right? That could be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are talking about this, and, and, but the one thing that I really appreciated from Julie's comments and from the outline was looking back to seeing the deliverance that God has done in the past is faith strengthening to say, he's got this. Right. It's going to work out. And I just have to have faith and confidence 
to do what I need to do, and the Lord will provide. But there is stress. I I weep when I go to work. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) There's my humor. (laughs) So, but but see, Jonathan, you know, in, in your experience, again, that's a very real experience for a lot of people. In, in, in the world today, because there's a lot of those kinds of things happening. I mean, statistically, actually, there are more people on Social Security disability now than have ever been in the history of the program. So you're not alone in that, but it doesn't make it any easier that you're not alone because you are alone because it's you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So in dealing with that, you, you look at your experience and you say to the Lord, okay, here I am, and what you said is, I'm, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to work hard, and then you're going to watch his deliverance. Exactly. Now, his deliverance may not come easily, it may not come sweetly, and it may not come quickly. Right. But it still comes. Exactly. And that's the key. Sometimes his deliverance comes through difficulty. Sometimes we have to crash. Sometimes we have situations like with yours and with Julie's that don't go away. See, mine did. That circumstance went away in my life with you guys. It's a continual thing that you've got to grow through. So read verses 31 to 33 of Matthew 6. Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. All right. So the third worry point that Jesus goes over for us is as followers of Jesus, we certainly strive to have a clearly defined focus on the kingdom. That's our striving, to have a clearly defined focus on where we're going and what we're doing and what we're a part of. Such focus is higher than the average population, and such focus will supply our needs without the added burden of worry. And and so, Jonathan, for you, that's a, a relatively new development in your life. Yes, it is. All right. Absolutely. So, so it's interesting because in, in our in our three experiences, mine was something from the past that came, went, and I've, by God's grace, learned some lessons. Julie's experience started when she was small, went away, came back, and now is continual. Yours is brand new. So, yes. So <laughs> this is kind of interesting that we're all dealing with different aspects of stress and we can put to practice in our different circumstances, all the things that we've talked about here. So this is a classic example of us practicing what we preach. Exactly. (laughs) And verse 34 really hits home. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And Rick, you've always inspired me with your saying, do the most important thing at every given moment. Right. So worry about, take care of today. Right. And, And and focus there. Right. Don't, right. don't focus beyond say, what if, what if, oh no, what's going to happen right. down the road? Just focus on the most important thing. Right. And I got that saying actually from Tom Hopkins, do the most important thing at, any, at every given moment. And that has delivered me thousands of times in my own life. So the fourth worry point, do what you must do for God's glory today, like you were just saying, with focus and passion. And tomorrow's challenges will wait for tomorrow. And that's the beauty of it. God never gives us more than we're capable of. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 to 10. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. All right, so... 
the key that the apostle is giving us is saying, look, whatever comes at you, it doesn't destroy you. It may knock you down. It may pull you apart. It may bruise you. It may even break parts of you. But that's not the end of it. Because it's God's strength, God's will, God's way that can deliver us, even if our deliverance comes through trial and difficulty, and even if our deliverance means that stressor never leaves our lives. It's still deliverance. So the stress management key here, Jonathan, is what? To worry is to spend our mind's energy on a wasteful endeavor, for, never, for worry never changes an outcome. To focus is to invest our mind's energy into the shaping of our attitudes and actions, which always changes and lifts the outcome to a praiseworthy level. So we can worry or we can focus. Same kind of energy, different result. Julie, practical suggestion about the worry issues as life stressors. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. I found it's really important to list out all that we have to do and seeing it all in one place, manageable and focused, but don't let your lists have lists. I used to have <laughs> poster notes everywhere and then notes on my phone and then notes on paper and they stressed me out. So now I use a whiteboard and I shows everything I've got to do that day and I take great satisfaction in erasing them when I'm done. And the secret, sometimes I add little easy ones just to give me little victories. <laughs> That's I awesome. like it. It's true. And then I just have two quick practical points. You know, our bodies have certain pressure points that can alleviate stress when it's massaged. And one of them is the gastric point. It's two or three finger widths from your bottom rib in line with your belly button. It's very sensitive. So you just use two or three fingers and gently massage it. And the more you do it, the more stress you'll relieve. The center of your palm corresponds to that. So go ahead and massage the center of your palm, and that helps you in the stress situations. All right, good practical suggestion. Jonathan, did you have something else to add there? Uh, no, no. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, we're, we're, we're nearly out of time. Jonathan, a quick last scripture, then Julia, last thought on stress, if you would. Isaiah 26, 3 to 4. The steadfast of mine you will keep in perfect peace, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. An everlasting rock. How much better to, 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 what better to cling to than that? Julie, final thoughts on stress. We've got about 10 seconds. <laughs> I implore our listeners to find balance in your life. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Share with others. Pray for others. Redeem the time. Use your moments of quiet profitably. Make, an ad make a plan to change your attitude and your schedule and pray. All right, Julie, thanks so much for being with us tonight. Jonathan, thank you as well. Incredible, incredible opportunity to look at stress, look it in the eye and say, okay, it's here. It lives in my circumstances, but it doesn't have to live in my heart and it doesn't have to live in my mind. What must I do to keep stress out? And the answer is to fill your heart, fill your mind with things that are profitable, that are spiritual, that are godly, and rehearse them again and again and again and again. And in this way, we can begin to put stress where it belongs, and that's away from us. Folks, we hope you've enjoyed being with us tonight. We certainly enjoyed sharing with you a very important topic. We'll be back again next week with a really interesting one. But until then, why are we so stressed? There are great answers if you let the scriptures show you the way. For Jonathan, Rick, and Julie and Christian Questions, till next week, think about it.